The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. It's football season, and it's time to make your way over to MyBookie. They've got deposit matches, free bets, and huge cash prize contests for you to take advantage of all season long. NFL action, check. College ball, check. Plus, they have a mobile-friendly website and top-of-the-line customer service, making their platform a one-stop shop for all betting needs. MyBookie offers action on everything from championship futures to NFL in-game live betting making sure you've covered every step of the way. Sign up at MyBookie today, and when you do, use promo code 3YARDS to claim a halfway match on your deposit. If you put in 200, they'll spot you another 100 to play with. That's promo code 3YARDS so you can claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to another edition of Three Yards for Carry. I'm Alfredo Artiaga. Simon Clancy is here. Chris Kaufman is not here because he's working. Yes, we're recording in the daytime today. Why? Because it's my birthday, and I got things to do tonight. But It's, Simon, it's nighttime for me, buddy. Yeah, I know. No, for you, it's in the middle of the night. <laughs> It's it's in the middle of the night for you every time we do our podcast. Yeah, it's actually nobody, only nine o'clock tonight, so it's all good. Yes, but you know, hey, you, every our listeners should know that you're the one who's sacrificing the most out of the three of us. You, you keep doing, you keep getting up like around two, three in the morning to do these podcasts. Yeah, I mean, taking one for the team, buddy. Yeah, talking about <laughs> struggling. I don't know if you saw Justin Herbert's haircut. He got a haircut. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if he had it done with a lawnmower three point zero. Alf. Yeah, I, I was gonna. I was setting you up for that because to me it looks like some type of midlife crisis. Although he's only twenty two years old, he he now looks like a cross between like a twelve year old boy and Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Um. Apparently, it was cut by the strength and conditioning coach. I mean, Which why would insane. you do that? Why would you let the S and C coach cut your hair? Yeah, but what I don't understand is why would you choose to go from strapping and good looking with flowing locks to looking like well, the, the Dolphins beat the crap out of you for sixty minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's just a, I mean, I don't even want to say it out loud, but yes, it does look like he's had his hair cut with a, Stevie Wonder cut his hair with Manscaped 3.0. Talking of which, yes. they are how, how can people gain confidence? How can Justin Herbert gain his confidence back, Simon? He could probably go and buy himself a Manscaped 3.0 and look in the mirror, take his sunglasses off and actually cut his hair properly using a lawnmower 3.0 by our sponsor, Manscaped. Uh, and if he did so, he might use the uh, the promo code five RSN to get himself at least twenty percent off. 
uh, a pretty hefty discount, I'd imagine, for somebody like Justin, who clearly can't afford to go to a barber's and has to get his own strength and conditioning coach to shave his head. Anyway, that's what you need to do. Lawnmower 3.0. I use it myself. Can't speak of it highly enough. Get it done. All right. Denver Broncos this week. And yeah. The the average fan has to has to be sitting there and and okay, dolphin fans. I understand. You know, you're cocky. You deserve it. All right. It's been 20 years of garbage. <laughs> okay. So you want to strut around and peacock with this new team? Absolutely. Have a blast. When the schedule came out and I saw this game on the schedule, I felt okay. This is one. This is likely a loss because I like that Denver Broncos roster. It seems like Drew Locke might not play, but we don't know for sure. So we won't really speak on that. But what really has happened to this Broncos team? Because you just look at it on paper. Obviously, the IR list it really stands out. Yeah, I mean, I picked the Broncos as a, as a dark horse team to go to the Super Bowl in the uh, podcast that I do for the magazine uh, with Kaylin Kaler and some of the other team. And uh, and unfortunately they got they've been totally derailed by injuries i mean there's a number of reasons why things have gone badly injuries is a main one you look at the the list of players you know von miller bradley chubb was down for a while mark barron is out Cortland sutton who developed into a number one receiver a jarell casey who they stole off the titans in a big mm-hmm. trade um shelby harris has been down uh and also you know with the the covid uh guys opting out juan james opted out obviously albert uh, albert o is injured so they've really struggled. Um, the the other Titan, Noah fan has been out, in and out, and has been sort of banged up. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the issue, injuries. But there's been a huge inconsistency at the quarterback position. Drew Locke looks lost out there. I mean, he looks absolutely lost. I was speaking to some Denver beat writers over the last 24 hours. He's struggled so mightily. He's yes. got seven games to prove himself. But, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing is where this leaves John Elway as general manager of the team. Obviously, historic figure in the history of the Broncos, their greatest ever player. But since Peyton Manning's left, he has summarily failed to select a quarterback. Why cannot one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time find a quarterback? Maybe maybe he's they're trying to replicate somebody. Maybe John's trying to replicate somebody in his own image. You look at some of the gunslingers, that he's, you know, big-armed Brock Osweiler, big-armed Drew Locke, and it's really just not worked. They've had real offensive line woes. And ironically, Garrett Bowles, the guy who's been a three-year disaster at left tackle, is actually their best player on offense this season. He's actually playing very well, but it's been a revolving door at right tackle. They had four starters because obviously Jordan James went out with, uh, opted out ahead of the ahead of the season. Demar Dotson has been the kind of the, the the best of the four, but it's been a real struggle. And in the middle, you know, Lloyd Cushenbury is a rookie. Nate Muti's played a little bit, but struggled a little bit. You know, as we thought he might, such a good player, but, you know, he's so inexperienced at Utah because of the injuries. And Graham Glasgow, a guy we all liked, yeah. as a free agent coming over from Detroit, has really struggled. So offensive line has been a real issue. Obviously, inconsistent pass rush. When you lose Von Miller and, and Bradley Chubb, that's going to have a that's going to have an issue. Malik Reed has played pretty well, uh, undrafted free agent last year. But, you know, that's a big drop down from, from Miller and Chubb battered run defense they've just not been able to stop the run at all um teams have run all over them and really a a lack of creativity on offense pat Shermer, the offensive coordinator i mean they run the ball more times on second down than any other team in the league by a considerable distance um last week for example i mean their best skill offensive player uh, on the team philip Lindsay, had four Mm. carries four carries against the Raiders that is not going to get it done so which is which is which is insane because of the the Dolphins which I think we we can all agree is are a better team than the Broncos and have some playoff aspirations 
if Philip Lindsay landed here in Miami tomorrow, he would get 25 touches a game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, when you've got a struggling quarterback like Locke, go to the reliables. Lindsay's great out of the backfield. Screen game is really strong. You know, so but they're just not using him. And that that that's a, a a Pat Shermer thing. The interesting thing about them as well, they're 26 in offense, 19th in rushing, but uh, 28th in, in scoring offense. Defensively, 17th overall, 23rd against the run. So they're really struggle against the run. Uh, 14th against the pass. And actually, in the secondary, it's where that it's where their greatest strength is. Justin Simmons yet again playing yes. at an All-Pro level. Uh, Bryce Callahan's had a really nice season, a Pro Bowl caliber season. He's healthy. You know, that was a big knock on him in Chicago. He wasn't able to stay healthy, but he's been healthy this season. Kareem Jackson, the former Alabama player who was at, um, at the Bengals, has, has, has slid in next to, to Justin Simmons at safety and played pretty well. But the other corner has been a real issue. Michael Ojemudia, the, the first the, the, the rookie that they got from Iowa, he was a healthy scratch last week. I mean, he's shown up three times on on highlight reels for opponents wide receivers this season he's been so bad um Isang Bassi who we all like coming out of Wake Forest a couple of years ago struggled and, and AJ Boye um has struggled as well so the, you know the, there's certainly holes in that secondary which is actually their strength centered around the team's best player in, in Justin Simmons so it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out but there are ways and means for the Dolphins to attack this team and steering clear of Simmons is definitely one of those yeah, and getting to their offense, you got to think the way the Dolphins' defense has been playing, the only path the Broncos really have toward winning is actually putting some pressure on the Dolphin offense by scoring points. Yeah. Now, the best of Drew Locke is probably good enough. Would you agree with that? The best of yeah. Drew Locke so far this but week? He's so inconsistent. I mean, last week, four interceptions against a rate, you know, and this is not a ball hawking Raiders team. I mean, they had no. three interceptions for the entire season. Um, Jeff Heath now has more than half. I'm not Jeff Heath. Yeah, Jeff Heath has more than half of the team's interceptions, given that he had two last week uh, for the Raiders. So it, it, it's pretty astonishing to see um, how that played out because that is not, like I said, he essentially made that Raiders secondary look like, you know, Deion Sanders, Daryl Green, Ronnie Lott and early years Earl Thomas were playing back there. And really that wasn't the case at all. He, he, he has struggled, like I said, so mightily. He looks absolutely lost. The issue for Miami will be that, you know, who do you, who are you? It's a difficult one when you are not hundred percent sure which quarterback you're facing, you know, they'll be watching Drew Locke take tape, obviously, but they'll also be watching Brett Rippon tape. And obviously the one game that Rippon started this season, he threw four interceptions mm -hmm. on that Thursday night game against the Jets. You know, he's a very, very mediocre quarterback. He's, you know, I, in an ideal world, you want to be facing Brett Rippon on Sunday because, you know, marginal arm talent. He's a very much a first read guy. Certainly he wasn't that Jets game. They weren't letting him go through a lot of progressions. It was very simple stuff. And when they did let, let him off the leash, he got picked off. He had a pick six. Um, so, you know, Rippon is a guy you certainly want to see back there. But, you know, they're going to want to get the ball to Philip Lindsay because, you know, he's the guy that can make it happen. Jerry Judy, obviously, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant, they've got nice skill position players. Tim Patrick's a nice player, nice complementary player. But, you know, I think for the Dolphins, confusing um, both Locke, because Locke looks easily confused as well, but confusing Locke and, and Rippon with some of those amoeba fronts that they've been running, uh, the, the, the cover zero blitzes, um, and just mixing it up in terms of how they've done it. Because you, you have trust, complete trust in in Byron Jones and in Xavier Howard. Now, it wouldn't surprise me, Jerry Judy being such a great route runner. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and Judy hasn't, you know, he's not set the league on fire, but he still remains an outstanding route runner. Yeah. If he's matched up on X, um, you know, Xavier takes some chances, you know. Uh, so 
Denver might pop some big plays um, in that aspect of the game. But Eric Rowe on Noah Fant will be very interesting whether Eric gets the gets the duty on, on Noah Fant. But I, I, I can't see anything but the Dolphins containing what is a very mediocre Broncos offense and, and being able to move the ball fairly well. You know, again, you don't want to... Uh, Complimentary football is what you want from Tua at the moment. And, and whilst yeah. he builds up his his understanding of the offense, whilst he builds up his mental memory of uh, of how defenses work, whilst the game begins to slow down for him, that's what you want to see from Tua. You don't want to get him coming out and throwing 60 passes and 400 yards. That That's not the game that the Dolphins need. It's complimentary football on offense, whilst the defense and the special teams plays really strong. Uh, and that's what you need from Tua. Don't turn the ball over. Be efficient. Be accurate as you have been. Let's pick up some yards in the run game uh, and we should be okay. Weather obviously will be a factor to a hasn't particularly played. Oh, we got news on that front too, Simon. Uh, as high far school, as the weather. I mean, high it, school football. Yeah. The the last time that he played in cold weather, he said it was in high school. It was 19 degrees. But the weather has changed in Denver as, as the weather is prone to, <laughs> to do. And now they're expecting 52 degrees and sunny. So, okay. That's it's out the window. Not, yeah, still not warm though, but no. you know it, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's, obviously, it's Alabama, you know, November yeah. Alabama weather. Really. Saban Ahmed obviously will have played in cold weather up in Washington, um, in Washington State. So he who will be used to it. Breeder will be used to it. You know, and, and obviously the skill position guys. It, it was interesting to see at the weekend the the gradual introduction of Malcolm Perry into the lineup. It feels like something big is going to come with Malcolm Perry until there's a big play at some point going to happen, whether it's going to be a three, you know, there's going to have to be a throw either Lynn Bowden or Malcolm Perry is going to throw the ball soon. It, it does very much feel like they're building to that. You know, these are proficient college quarterbacks, certainly Bowden, well, you know, and Malcolm as well, but it was, it was nice to see Malcolm being worked into the game, both running jet sweeps, receiving had a couple of catches played pretty well, but um, play complimentary football on offense, continue to play strong defense um, continue to play lights out on special teams, and I, you know, I think this don't take this team for you know, the, the one thing for the Dolphins is you know, it's uh, what is it, a five game winning streak now? Don't get complacent. You, you saw the Green Bay Packers last week, mm-hmm. you know, take on the, the the one and seven Jacksonville Jaguars at Lambeau. I watched a lot of that game, felt like Green Bay came in a little bit complacent. You know, they already they're the number one seed in the NFC, yes, we need to go half effort to beat the Jaguars, and they, you know three that they were behind three times in the second half and the Jaguars almost beat them. And you know, the Dolphins know they're not stupid. The players aren't stupid. They read the papers. They look at the internet. They know that Miami has Denver, you know, who've won what two games, the Jets who haven't won a game yet. And the Bengals who've won two games coming up. The opportunity to be nine and three in an incredibly strong position with a, what would that be? An eight game winning streak with yes. a Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, coming into the stadium in which they won the Super Bowl, Mahomes versus Tonga Vailoa, you know, that that will be on the... It will be very, very important for the coaching staff, for, for Brian Flores and the, the assistant coaches to temper expectations and to not, you know, trap games are trap games for a reason. Let's, not, let's make sure this is not a trap game for the Dolphins. We don't need a wake-up call at this point because yes. we need to, you know, you look at Buffalo's schedule, it, it's not it's not the most difficult out all of a sudden new england is still there been there done it you know that i think yeah, new, england, new england has that look of the team that can bite up any single sunday and beat you yep you know let, let, let's not let's not be mistaken about the new england patriots you know should have beaten seattle and they were stopped on fourth and goal at the one when when cam was stopped on the road they should have beaten buffalo 
at home. They were driving to win it at the end and, and the Cam had the fumble on the 15-yard line. They could easily, if Cam had played in that game against the Chiefs, they probably should have beaten the Chiefs. They beat the Ravens. You know, New England is, it's not the same New England. You know, it's not your, it's not your mum and dad's New England Patriots of your young listeners, but it's still a team that can make a run to the playoffs. There are still good players. They are still well coached. You look at a coaching matchup last weekend between Bill Belichick and John Harbour. Harbour, to me, one of the preeminent coaches of the generation. He was he was patently outcoached mm-hmm. by Bill by Bill Belichick. You know, you get you get up on the Ravens. You get 10, 14 points up on the Ravens. They are not built to come from behind. No, and that's Lamar what, Lamar Jackson. You can tell there's a staleness to that offense. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, uh, you know, teams have not figured ac- it out and it's not going anywhere. It's not improving. No, he's not accurate. You, you know, it's the one thing we've always said. It's the one thing scouts will always tell you. You cannot cure inaccuracy. You know, Lamar Jackson ha- has flashes of accuracy, but then he has flashes of uh, to be inaccurate. Same as Josh Allen. Start the season, gangbusters, four games, was absolutely outstanding, MVP candidate. The next four games fell off a cliff. Accuracy was all over the place. Again, against Arizona at the weekend, he was kind of half MVP candidate, half the, the old Josh Allen. You know, he made that ridiculous throw at the end to Stefan Diggs where he thought he'd won the game. Absolutely, you know, top 10 throw in the NFL this year. Um, but then in the, in the game, he also made some absolute head scratches. You cannot teach accuracy. And it's the one thing, you know, for all the other knocks that people will have about Tua, it's the one thing that Tua has in his armory that very few quarterbacks have, and that's to be deadly accurate. And that will get you an awful long way in the NFL. But for the Dolphins, do not trip up on a game where you think you're going to come in, five-game winning streak, bit arrogant. It's only the Broncos, you know, because you don't want to fall back two games behind the Bills and then with the Patriots only a game behind you, knowing you've got to go to New England at the end of the season because all of a sudden well, they had to come here play. they had to come here so. sorry yes that's what i mean um but your dreams of your dreams of playoffs could go up in smoke if you lose one of these three games yeah and we we talked about it and you know we had to calibrate recalibrate our expectations before this whole whole string we talked about they needed to go 5 and 2 if they've wanted any opportunity at the playoffs well they have an opportunity to go 7 and 0 oh, and to be completely honest with you that's what's expected right now anything less is probably underachieving from this point out because they've already in my opinion they've overachieved to beat the cardinals and i don't know about the rams because they are traveling across the country but you know there's two wins in here somewhere that are probably unexpected but they have delivered now the reason i don't think that they're gonna trip up i will believe is because brian flores is really beating it into their heads like you really haven't done anything and they're trying to stack these victories because, let's face it, they haven't had that much success. Most of these guys on this team, save for Cal Van Oye and Eric Rowe a couple of times, you know, they really haven't had that much success. So this is new to them. So this, this is all brand new to them. And it seems to be taking hold, right? Like it's fun. And I think mm. Tua Tungvaloa spoke on it. He said, you know what? Winning is fun. Winning is what, what makes you want to come to practice and learn something new. And I think that's also helping the team. It's helping the team that we have a rookie quarterback. So we, we're anxious to see him do well every single week. But yeah, this team has glaring holes that they're trying to patch on the on, on the fly. One of them is the running game. And that brings us to, to this, Simon. They have a decision to make. And Brian Flores this week was, I wouldn't say coy. He's, he, matter of fact, you know, just, he just said, stated it as a matter of fact, 
yeah, we got six guys for five spots, and that's a good problem to have. But it can't be that way forever. Do you think it stays this way? Is it just as simple as this is the offensive line from now on? Austin Jackson, Eric Flowers, Ted Karras, Solomon Kinley, Jesse Davis, and Robert Hunt is just going to have to wait to 2021 for his opportunity. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. You know, Davis has proved his worth. You know, we've all tried to talk ourselves out of Jesse Davis out of the team, out of the starting lineup. He's played well this season. Let's be honest. Let's be fair. He played well at left tackle. He's played well at right tackle. I thought Austin Jackson had his best game of the season. Pretty much eliminated Melvin Ingram at the weekend. Solomon Kindley. You know, the interesting thing about Solly is he's struggling a little bit with that foot injury. So mm. there may be times that Hunt goes to Hunt goes to. Um, to right tackle and Jesse Davis kicks inside. The interesting experiment will be that a Dolphins personnel member told me on, on draft day, um, A, that they were targeting Kindley on the second day, but B, once they drafted him, I asked whether or not he was going to be a right tackle or a right guard. And they, they, they said, he said to me that, that um, Robert would be given every opportunity to win the right tackle position, but long-term they, they saw him as a right guard. So we shall see how that goes, whether or not he's been cross-training in practice, we don't know. Um, but if Solomon does go down, because ultimately I, I suspect what you what they're thinking long term mm-hmm. is that I mean, what is Eric Flowers a two year contract, three year contract, three year you know, contract. Okay, well you could potentially get out of it after two, so you return mm-hmm. Kindley back to his left guard position that he played next to Andrew Thomas at Georgia. You put Robert Hunt in at right tackle, and you've either got Jesse Davis or you know you draft somebody like Abraham Lucas, the outstanding right tackle at, at, um, at uh, Washington State or the kid at Kentucky, the right tackle over there, who's an absolute uh, ass-kicking people mover. Um, you know, uh, that could be the situation as well. So we will see. But for me, I think that that five is the best five. You know, Robert Hunt, he's proven that he can play at this level, but he's still got work to do. There were a couple of unfortunate plays that he had. You know, he needs to, to stop bending at the waist um, and really reaching for blocks, you know, just play within himself, which he he started doing. He had a very good opening against San Francisco. A couple of times he's he's erred from that. But overall, and also the great thing to see the other day as well was Solomon Kindy at fullback for the, yes. uh, for the for our first offensive play. You know, imagine being Salvan Ahmed running behind Solomon Kindley. Imagine being the safety coming up trying to fill that hole. It's like, no way do I want part of that. You know, you're making a business decision to step out the way if you're. Um... Yeah, a lot of credit to Denzel Perriman who stuck his head in there and yeah. ultimately got smashed. But you know, yeah. it was it was fun to watch. And but the reason yeah. I say Alf about these trap games is that you yes. know, like I say, you've got you got Denver, you've got the Jets, you've got the Bengals. These are three games now that the, for the first time this season, these are three yes. games that the Dolphins are favored to win. The Dolphins should win. Mm-hmm. You know, people didn't think we were going to beat the, the. You know, it was a it was a toss-up game against the Chargers. People didn't think we'd go on the road and beat the the Cardinals. People thought the Rams would beat us. Yeah, okay, we, you know, the Jets, okay. People didn't think we'd beat the 49ers. They didn't think we'd beat Seattle, and we didn't. Even the Jaguars, it was the early part of the season. They'd beaten the Colts, Minshew Mania, yada, yada, yada. Well, you know, all of a sudden, we're going to have three games where we're going to be favourites. But after that, if you drop any of these three games, then you are looking at Kansas City Chiefs at home, New England Patriots at home. Both of them, obviously, playoff hopes yes the las vegas raiders on the road the raiders are six and three playing really good football and the buffalo bills the afc east leader which you know that could be flex i mean that could be game of the season flex to sunday night football for all the marbles we Mm -hmm. don't know but you've got to win these three games for it to be that because i don't think you can fall two games behind buffalo with the patriots closing in behind yeah i I completely agree and you know i have i have a lot of faith in brian flores because like i said uh 
the Dolphins have transitioned to from this up and coming team that, you know, we're not really, you know, care about wins and losses to, okay, they're, they're this cute little engine that could to now everybody on every station on NFL network, ESPN, Fox sports, they all say the same thing. This is a lock playoff team. They should win 10 games. They should be a six or seventh seed. And if they play, you know, if they grab a win here or there that they, that we don't expect, they could even overtake the Buffalo bills. So, you know, it's the expectations have changed drastically. Now let's talk about a few draft prospects because they're everywhere in this game, but we're going to talk about the, the Bronco guys, two guys. We both loved coming out Jerry Judy. Well, we would have loved to see Jerry Judy in a dolphin uniform and KJ Hamler from Penn state. How's it gone for those two guys? And then we'll get into Lloyd Cushenberry and Natane Moody, although we already touched on that a little bit. But how's it gone for the two receivers for for Denver? I mean, you you know what you're getting with Judy, which is surgical routes. You know that is he is a a, a far greater, far more established route runner than almost any player that you see come into the come into the league. He has a number of, I think he has the second most 15 plus yard catches amongst all rookie corners, uh, amongst all rookie corners, amongst all rookie receivers behind Justin Jefferson, who for my mind should be rookie of the year. Um, he's had an outstanding season. Uh, 18 yards per reception the last three games for, for Jerry Judy. So he's getting better. He's improving the gate. You know, you always hear, I said it earlier on, the game is slowing down for him. You saw that fantastic touchdown that he had a couple of weeks ago where he, he essentially threw his hand up for the ball stopped you know and the guy stopped with him and then he went and wide open for the touchdown uh hamler's been injured yeah hamler's a, a you know a, a really good player a really interesting player um you know short area quickness from the slot it'll be interesting to see what um interesting to see what he can bring to the party and who matches up on him nick needham obviously flying at the moment playing really really well playing really good uh, complimentary football on that defense. So, uh, and for the offensive lineman, Cushenbury's done fine. He's done okay. You know, he's a good player, but you know, you take your lumps. You're, you're a starting center in the NFL. Um, you know, you're going up against some big boys in there. So, the entire unit has not played very well. So, he is just one fifth of the reason why that's not working. Yeah, and by the way, uh, old favorite of mine, Sylvester Williams, is back in the starting lineup for the Denver Broncos. <laughs> he, he can't go away. Like uh, I think I said this on on Twitter. Uh, nuclear after nuclear war, there'll be cockroaches, and Sylvester Williams will line up at, at yeah. nose tackle for some NFL team. All right, so the expectations are kind of clear, aren't they? Uh, if Drew Lock plays, man, just get out there with a win. Try to you know keep Tuatonga Vailoa on the right and narrow path, no turnovers, keep that streak going. That's a streak worth preserving, I think. And, you know, just get out of there, man. If you win 17, 14, who cares? You know, nobody's going to check them one way or the other. No style points. No style points. There's no style points. But now I'm going to talk about style points. If Brett Ripien or Jeff Driscoll plays, smashing them is kind of required, isn't it, Simon? No, a win is required, Alf, I think. Uh, let, let's not get to you know we are not uh, the 1970 Pittsburgh Steelers. We're not the the unbeaten Dolphins. We're not the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> uh, I would much rather get out with a road win under our belt. Let's get back to Miami at seven and three and get ready for the New York Jets to go eight and three. That's what I think. I don't you know style points are great, but I'd, I'd much rather win. You know I'd, I'd much rather win three two than. 
you know, get into an, an air raid battle that ends up 55, 53, or we end up on the losing side of things because we start to get a bit flamboyant. We get picked off. We let a team back into the game. You know, you look at how the momentum changed against the Chargers the other day, about to yeah. go 21 nothing up, or at worst, 17 nothing up. All of a sudden, there's the fumble. Returned, 14-7. We go three and out. Chargers get the ball back, and you're like holy hell, this could be 14 all in a second. And we were literally about to go 21, nothing up. How is this possible? Yes, um, exactly. You know, you put your foot on the throat, you do what you can, you get back to the airport, you get on the plane, you get home. That, that I, I don't care about style points. I don't care about any of that. I just want to win. All right. And uh, it's it should be said, the Dolphins have given four teams their worst loss of this year. And a fifth was the Jets, which they shut out. And had they kicked the field goal, that would have been five teams. They would have handed their worst loss of the year. So the Dolphins have this point differential going in the right direction. So we're going to play the other side of this because usually the way we finish up these clothes, these, these, these preview shows is, okay, what does it look like? You know, what does it look like? How do, how do the Dolphins beat the LA Rams? How do the Dolphins beat the San Francisco 49ers? We're going to go the other way because that's, that's what kind of team we have right now. They're expected to win. So what does calamity look like? Is it just as simple as turnovers from our quarterback? Yeah, it's not. It's going away from what we've done so well the last few weeks. It's turning the ball over. It's not being able to run the ball. You know, if, if I'm if I'm a team playing the Miami Dolphins, I am loading up to stop the run, and I'm putting the you know, no matter how good you think Tua is, no matter how accurate you think he is, he's still a rookie quarterback. He's only played mm. three games and one drive. You know, load up the box, and try and get him to beat you through the air. That's what I would do, especially for a team that is struggling against the run. Because if you allow Miami to establish the run, you're then uh, you're then allowing Tua to, to make throws, you know, to bring in the screen game, to get Gasicki working. Because if you can move the ball, you pick up four, five, six yards on first down, that opens up the entire playbook. That's not what the Denver Broncos need to do. The Denver Broncos need to keep Miami in second and long, in third and long, force Tua to win the game. In cold weather or colder weather, in the thin air, those sorts of things. I, I think if you allow Ahmed and and those guys to pick up five, six, seven, eight yards on first down, then they're going to be in all sorts of trouble. So, play like I said earlier on: play great special teams, play great defense, play complementary situational football on offense. Control the clock, control the ball, don't turn it over. That's how that's how you win the game, and the, and how you lose it is the opposite of that. Don't play well on special teams, struggle on defense, and turn the ball over on offense. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. I, I, it's, it's, that's what it's really about. It's about efficiency. Uh, like I said, that turnover streak of, although they've credited him for, for two fumbles, one really did belong to him, which was when he was stripped by Aaron Donald. But the other one, I don't, be, I don't believe belonged to him. It belonged really to Ted Karras, but they're saddling him with it, so he has to keep it on his record. But yes, that no interception streak, that's one worth preserving. Keep that one going. This Denver Broncos defense is capable. I don't care what the, what, the, what the schedule and the scores and the box scores say. If you watch them play, they fly around, they hit people, they go after the, the football, and they can't come off the edge with Bradley Chubb. He's still one of the best pass rushers in football. So that defense is capable, and I completely agree with you play if it has to be boring who cares you know what's not boring nine and three the only way you get to the nine and three is by winning this one so prediction time i'll go first Mm. i think the dolphins play a boring game they find their running game and i think two is gonna begin to show some flashes and you're gonna see 
him connect on the long one because I think it's been coming. It's been coming with all those play action passes that they they keep calling. One of the primaries is always a deep post. It might even pop this weekend. I think it does pop this week. And it's not flashy. They don't put on a pile of points, but it's an impressive win. And I got the Dolphins winning 24-13. Simon. Cool. Miami scored 27.9 points a game, 27.9 points a game, and they allow 20.2 points a game. Denver scores 20.7 points a game and allow 28.2 points a game. So literally the law of averages will tell you that Miami should win this 28-21. <laughs> Perfect. Scientifically. or Absolutely. Scientifically done very well. All right, well, Simon. Scientifically. Simon, yes, Simon typically. By the way, everybody keeps asking for the jingle. The jingle, we're, we're you know, we're, we're saving it, all right? We're saving it for hopefully, what, an 18 winning streak? Playoffs? Maybe. If we beat the Chiefs, I'll do the jingle. I'll do the song. <laughs> all right. We keep getting those those requests. but If we win right. the Super Bowl, I'll get David Pollock to do the song along with me. I know Maria Taylor, you see, so I can I probably can ask a favor. You know what? Let's close on that one because that one was a hot topic. Uh, all I, don't, I, don't have the lyri- I don't have the lyrics in front of me. I can't remember off the top of my head. <laughs> that was a hot topic all week on ESPN and, and Fox. And they keep saying those two teams, right? Who's the better sleeper? Who's the better team? You know, who's the more dangerous team down the stretch? The Dolphins or the Raiders? We're biased. Okay. You know, we're Dolphins podcast. We're Dolphin fans. So we're biased. I really do believe the Dolphins have a better team than the Las Vegas Raiders, your opinion, Simon? I think the Raiders are a good team and, and John Gruden's coaching the absolute hell out of them. I mean, he is having a great season coaching. Derek Carr's playing well. Josh Jacobs is playing well. The defense is showing up. Um, they're getting better and better on defense. The only the only issue is they can't get to the quarterback. Um, they've been struggling getting pressures on the quarterback. Max Crosby's not followed up the year that he had. Uh, Cleland Farrell, you don't want to say the word bust because he's not played like a bust, but he's not you know, registering sacks. Jonathan Abrams is playing well. Those young corners are just starting to develop a little bit. Offensive line is massive, really can move people off the ball. Um, and they're just starting to work in that passing game now. Henry Ruggs, healthy, showing up. Darren Waller, obviously elite tight end in terms of the tight end grouping in this league. So I think they're a good team. But I, I do think the Dolphins' defense can scare Derek Carr into the things that Derek Carr doesn't like, which is, you know, they can they can panic him and make him make bad decisions by because they can get around him, they can hit him, they can flush him out of the pocket. Derek Carr does stupid things when those sorts of things happen. Yeah, and the beauty of this is that they get to prove it in a few weeks' time because they play head to head in what should be what should be. If you just schedule watch, it should be a pretty important game. Uh, winner of that pretty much has a lock on at least the six or seven seed. So. That should be important. That should be fun to watch later on in the season. But that's it for this Denver Broncos preview. Week 11, we're getting there. We're getting there. Can we get to an eight-game winning streak? You can't get to eight games if you don't get this one. So we will talk to you on Monday, hopefully, as a win streak continues. But till then. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.